Welcome to TV Told Me. This is our special episode of TV Told Me Presents. This is us. I'm super excited because this uh, recap show is um, going to have me and my two sisters talk about our favorite show, This Is Us. And we're going to go through the whole thing. Um, And it is good because this is the last season we talk about it all the time anyway and so we just want to kind of invite you guys into the conversations that we're having so i'm my day i'm the co-host of tv told the tv told me podcast and since this was the last season of this is us i invited two people who love this is us more than anybody that i know my sisters and so i'm going to let them introduce themselves and I'm going to go ahead and go in birth order so i am the oldest and so i will let my next sister go and introduce herself Yes, she had to make sure she added that I'm the oldest. Because I am, girl. Because I am. (laughs) This is is our own big three. So we're going to have equal time on this podcast. (laughs) But I'm Christine. Christine. And I just thought about that now. It is cool. Like, we kind of are our own big three. We are siblings. And we really do have our own experiences. So for me, I um, am actually, I think what draws me to This Is Us is I'm an adoptive mom. So the adoption stories really do um, speak to me and resonate. Um, I have two children, a, um, you have to remember the kids' ages, seven and a six-year-old. They recently had birthdays, one like six months ago. But anyway, that's beside the point. And I'm married to my husband, David, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. And so that's my, a little bit about me. I love it. And next is the baby sister. Um, um, I'm Georgia and I'm definitely running things from the back. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I, um, um, Ooh, for this episode, I'm the caboose Mm. and the caboose took up the whole episode. So y'all get ready. She's crazy. I don't know what girl this is an intro she's like (laughs) um okay so I am um I'm Georgia I'm you know the fan favorite Mm -hmm. I'm Ida's favorite (laughs) and um what more can I say okay so I'm a mother of um five young boys and my oldest is 17 my youngest is two and everything in between and then also, um, I'm married. I've been married for 10 years to Yay. my lovely husband, Julian. And I love This Is Us. And I'm sure we'll get into all of that. But um, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for the invite, Ida. Yes. Yeah, of course. I mean, I feel like Georgia kind of exaggerated a lot in her intro. So some <laughs> things that maybe, you know, weren't 100% on par Ida's favorite the fan favorite girl nobody's heard this show yet but okay we'll see we'll see at the I end. believe in manifestation okay okay that's cool yeah um so yeah I mean I think we kind of touched a little bit in our intros about why we like the show I just love it too because it just shows different family dynamics and it also shows how characters kind of evolve like nobody's the same all the time people kind of go through a transition, but then especially I think a lot 
I always relate to people who have two other siblings. Like I feel like mm. three sibling relationships are very interesting because there's always somebody that's not a part of the fold or that doesn't fully get what's going on. Um, and so it's always kind of like weaving in and out um, kind of how things are looking and like bringing somebody in and then somebody else doesn't understand this point of view. So it's just something that I think happens a lot with like three sibling relationships. I don't know about people who have more siblings or less siblings because I've never been in that predicament. So I don't know. <laughs> um, so really quick for people, because you know, when we said we were gonna do this recap show, I had two people who had never seen This Is Us. What? First of all, I was like, where have you been? This is a this is a cultural phenomenon. How have you not seen this show? They were just like, no, I just, you know, it wasn't really for me or whatever. And then I had somebody who said they had watched an episode and made them cry. And so they didn't watch it again. And I was just like, you need to be ready for those tears. Like that's mm. the whole point of the show to really connect you with things. But they said they were gonna give it a try again. So um, I'm gonna start off by just recapping kind of what happened last season. So the Pearsons um, are a family of three. There is Kevin, um, Kevin, Kate, and then Randall. So Kevin and Kate are, um, Kevin and Kate were, born um and then randall was adopted but they were all born on the same day came home from the hospital and everything and so um what happened last season is kevin who has not been in a relationship for a while um had twins with his sister's friend and was getting married um and unfortunately right before his wedding his fiance madison kind of looked at him and said i think you are obsessed with family but you don't love me. And even in that moment, he couldn't tell her that he loved her. Um, Randall had just kind of heard the story of his birth mom and him and his real mom were able to connect on kind of things that he learned about his birth mom. And he was able to see his birth mom and his real mom in the same way. Um, Kevin's wedding was canceled. And what else happened in that episode? Oh, Kevin's, Kevin's wedding was canceled. Kevin was without a job because he left um, set of a movie to go um, see the birth of his twins. Um, Kate's husband, Toby, took a job in another city and um, kind of told her, hey, you can come along for the ride. Her boss was like, actually, no, I need you to be here. And she just got a job that she enjoyed. So she was just like, we're just going to live in two different cities and make it work. And Rebecca, the mom, has Alzheimer's, the early stages. And she told Kevin, what I really want you to do, my deepest wish is that you build me my dream cabin in the woods. Now, I will say, I thought it was interesting that someone doesn't have a job and they just got broken up at their wedding. And you're like, hey, if you could build me a $4 million cabin, that would be amazing. I feel like that was a big ask. I feel like that was a big ask. But that's how the season ended. Is there anything else that stood out like in the season finale to you guys? Well, I just want to say, I just want to clarify. I know you use the language of real mom, but maybe adoptive mom. You know? Adoptive mom. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And okay. I just think that that, like I said earlier, I think that's what really resonates with me with the show because you rarely see stories that fold in adoption and talk about it in a real way. So I think what resonated with me the most, um, we're talking about the season finale or you said the first The season episode. finale. And then we're going to go into the first episode. Okay. Oh, yeah, George, you thank you. Um, season finale for me, 
I love Nikki. Okay. Nikki in them chairs. I mean, he set the scene for like the final moment where they were all holding hands. If they didn't have those chairs, where would they be sitting? Like he he really he carried on about the chairs. That really stood out to me. It reminded me a lot of our family. And everybody told him not to bring the chairs. They said <laughs> exactly. They said, he said, this is my gift for the wedding. They said, no need to bring it to the wedding venue. Nikki said, okay, hey, I have, I have a truck pulling up with the chair. Um, where should they go? And everybody was like, this isn't the moment. And he was like, anyway. And then he told the groom, hey, can you also tip the guys that are bringing in the chairs? Because they're doing a lot of work here, man. Again, chairs that no one asked for. Nikki was ready for it. Exactly. And that's why it stood out for me because it was a total like, it wasn't, I mean, it was perfect. It is exactly what was needed were those chairs at the wedding. Um, but I thought what really stood out for me was the strength of Madison because they had kind of shown, you know, some flashbacks of her life and kind of feeling abandoned, not really having love from her parents. And then she chose herself. Yeah. She was like, I know you're this big movie star. I know you're living comfortably. I know you have a perfect family that I would love to be a part of, but I'm going to choose me this time. And if you can't say I love you, then I'm not walking down the aisle. And I was like, I didn't see that one coming. So that was a, those were my favorite moments from the finale. Yeah, that was really important too. Um, so that goes into kind of the episode last night. So last night was perfect because this, of course, season is the beginning of the end. So sad if I had a some dramatic theme music to play right now I I would, because sad but it ended the way it began so it ended their first it ended on their birthday and I want to shout out to the editors of this show because they would go from the premiere season episode yeah. which started on their birthday to 36. this episode on their 36th birthday and this was their 41st birthday so like I'm gonna talk so it started with um well We'll talk about it's kind of it's this is kind of like a hard show to recap in some ways because there's so many different things going on. But we'll talk about the birthdays and we'll talk about the other thing. So with the birthdays, I'll talk about the character that like kind of hit me most was um so when we first meet Kate, she's she's overweight and she's very stressed out about her weight. So when she opens her refrigerator, it's like this is how many calories this has, never eat this, this is bad, this is bad, you know eat celery, whatever. And she actually weighed herself, took off all her clothes. She tripped and fell and had to call her brother for help. This season, she is around the same weight. She hasn't really lost any weight, but she opens her refrigerator and it's it's food that's labeled, but it's food for her kids. Like what time of day this person eats this? What time of day this person eats that? And she is not worried about what she eats or what's happening. And so the reason why I love that is just because it showed like, I think a lot of time people get obsessed, especially with something like weight, um, that their life will start once they lose weight or their life will start once they have this person or whatever. And for her, she never lost the weight, but her life is still, you know, what she wanted it to be. And she wanted a family she wanted kids and she wanted to be a mother and she wanted a career that she, you know, really enjoyed. And she has that, but she didn't do it through weight loss. She did it through like kind of exploring who she was and digging into some hurts and all of that. So I really love that. Um, what, who wants to recap another birthday? I'll recap um, Kevin's. Kevin on his 36th birthday had, you know, woken up 
with two women having a good time and he realized he didn't even have an emotional connection with them because he made a reference and to the challenger and spaceship the girl had no idea what he was talking about she's like oh is that another movie you know you could Mm. tell they were just definitely um groupies and And young yeah they were young they were groupy because he was turning 36 these were probably like 20 year olds that he was with they didn't even like I said have an idea what the challenger was and then you know it fast forwards to his 41st birthday and he's waking up with his twins in Madison's garage and seemingly happy so he's still waking up with two people but it's two totally different types of people and a total like 180 shift of where he was exactly because he was in a garage before he was like in some penthouse true Mm -hmm. true but he was so happy true uh so for randall his 41st birthday starts out with a lot of love around him his daughters who have gotten so much older since we first saw them greet him with his wife in the bed with like homemade pancakes and fruit and they're just so excited um, but interestingly, right before they walked in, he had found on his laptop that he had an email. And so a lot of last season, he was really upset. We already know he has anxiety, but he was even more anxious and hyper-focused on, which makes sense, a break-in where his space, where he felt like he had some kind of control since the safety was totally violated mm-hmm. by an intruder who had a knife. Um, so interestingly, the day of his 41st birthday, he gets an email that says we found the guy, but the person that when they showed the evidence, he actually had a picture of him and his wife, like a wedding picture. So of course that's jarring because it's like, well, why would the intruder have a picture of them on their wedding day? And so he's closing the laptop as they walk in joyfully. And when they retrospectively show us his 36th birthday, he was actually in a job that he's now quit. And his coworkers, which he seemed to have no real connection with, were coming in with this huge birthday cake. You know, just the standard, like, yes, you're someone at this job. We see this. <laughs> you know, this is how we connect as an office. <laughs> Here's a cake, and we're all going to sing. Yes. So that's how his birthday started. Um, for that's how it started with Randall. And don't forget, about, don't forget when don't forget when the coworkers came in. He was also on the computer because he's a researcher Ooh. and. Um, he was looking up that William, his father, he that's sure what he was, was looking for, his birth father, which is obviously very significant because uh, Randall daddy fine. So that's very significant. And I don't know if that's a- the reason why that's significant. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was more that he had never met the man before and the private investigator yes, had his address. Yes, that's true. But uh, yes. it's glad to know that you felt that man was attractive. <laughs> Again, you know, that is a good I don't know thing. if you're going to be the fan favorite because that's a weird comment. <laughs> but please continue. <laughs> but no, I think that is so significant because um, when you think about adoption, birthdays do bring up so much. So when we think about adoption trauma, oftentimes your birthday signifies for some the day that I was separated from my mother or my father or both. Or the yearly reminder that there is a separation from my biological family. Um, so mm. I, I didn't even put that together, Georgia, about the computer on the 36th birthday. I couldn't remember. You know, there's so many pieces. Yeah. yeah, there are so many pieces. But yeah, he, I think, and I want to say, and I may be wrong, um, I want to say that was the first time he saw a picture of his father. Mm. Remember there was that picture and they said, we found him. Mm. I think that was the first him. picture because he yeah. didn't know anything before that. Because remember in the seasons past, 
him and his mom had several arguments because she would never say anything. She acted yeah. as though they had no idea where he came from. He just came from a fire station. So he had never seen anything. And throughout the different seasons, we've seen the dad's poetry. We met him. We saw his background, all of that. Memphis is like one of my favorite episodes where they go back to yeah. his dad's hometown. But at this point, he knew nothing about any of them. That's because true. I think one of the best episodes or just scenes of the series that really touched my heart is he talked about, um, I don't even know what season it was. I think it was like season two about how he would go to the grocery store and every Black person that he would see, he would ask them questions mm. to see if they were possibly his parent. And that was just really, it was a heart tugging moment. Yes. So yeah, so yeah, he had West. never seen anything about either one of his parents, like at all. So, and speaking of one moment that really got me that they flashed back to, so when he finally was face to face with his dad for the first time, and he's, you know, trying to have this moment, he's like, you know, I think I really just came here to say, screw you, you know? So then he does his big, so screw you. And he walks out, slams the door, not even a minute. Not, I don't think it was 10 seconds later. He opens the door and he's like, you want to meet your grandparents? And I think for me, it just symbolizes the complexity of all of our lives and the layers of like, I had an idea of how this narrative quote unquote should go, but that there's still this, desire for connection and there's just so many layers mm -hmm. most definitely which is why um it's really interesting um how another story of someone who doesn't have a birthday so back to kate so on her birthday her husband is out of town at his job and he's oh, yeah. only able to give her like a 30 second call but he's just like hey mm -hmm. like i have to go back to work but i just want to let you know for your birthday your parents are going to, I mean, I'm sorry, your mom and um, Nikki and Miguel are going to take the kids and I have a massage for you and all of these things. And she was like, oh, okay. But she's used to him doing these huge romantic gestures where he shows up and he's just like, okay, bye. And she's just kind of like, okay. Um, and but, mind you, this is a job you've had for two minutes, but now you just cannot walk away. Please don't act like you haven't worked a job before. You know that there's a Bob that comes in the office with an emergency situation <laughs> well, Bob, you where you're like, leave. sir, please just, mm -mm. plus you don't know who messed something up. No, because why did you not call her at your hotel apartment, <sighs> oh, wherever honey. you're living? Why did you have to call her when you're fully dressed? This, like, no, you could have called her an hour earlier. So you could have given her her time like it's her birthday like you should have called her heard about you know what are some things that you know were your favorite parts of last year of your life and you know like had a real conversation with her not like I have 30 seconds for you this is what's going to happen they're going to take you no you know like I just didn't like that it was too rushed yeah but no, I feel like I that was a disrespectful call honestly I did exactly oh yeah I feel like it speaks to his hyper focus on work and his identity with what it means to work like, oh, I'm just, I'm sure all morning he was worried about trying to get to the office and the meeting and the this and the that. Um, because remember, even all last season, he was so obsessed. And I get it if you have been laid off. But I mean, it was a hyper focus on who am I outside of a job? Yeah, because he was, he was more concerned about work than even like spending time with his kids. Not saying that he didn't love his kids or want to spend time with them. But he had to, for him, having a title and a job and a place to go was like yeah. more important than anything because I mean, it's part of his identity for, and, you know. And I don't know if that is anecdotal. I, I feel like a lot of men probably relate to that. This idea, And I think that's created like just this narrative of you need to work. Like that becomes the hyper-focus for a lot of people when it comes to men and their identity, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so Kate um, kind of is just like, okay, cool. 
but you can tell she feels a little dejected when she gets off the phone but um the trio of new friends pick her up which the trio is very interesting to me it's her mom um it's her mom uh, for whatever reason I wanted to say Mandy Moore but what's her name Rebecca <laughs> I was like Mandy Moore I have to call people by their character names okay her mom Rebecca picks her up with um and Rebecca's husband is Miguel Miguel is Rebecca's okay in okay in the season in in the show Rebecca was married to Jack Jack dies Jack's best friend is Miguel some time passes and then Miguel and Rebecca get married which still strange so I'm hoping in the season they explain that then years after Jack dies um, according to Jack he has no family um, they don't really ever really talk about it but it's just he he basically throughout their relationship he just presents no family and he actually he tells them that he his brother died in Vietnam come to find out his brother didn't die Kevin gets the brother the brother has never left but he finally comes to California um, and this is like an older man he's like in his 60s or 70s he comes to meet the babies and he finally has community with the family I don't know when this happens, but somehow Jack's brother, who has been living in a trailer for the last 40 years, moves in with Miguel and Rebecca. <laughs> they don't explain how that decision was made, but they're like the little moving senior citizen community. Um, so they, go ahead. No, I'm saying I almost missed it. Like I didn't catch it till I watched it back a second time that Toby said that in the first five minutes because they knew that we were going to say, what is this? He was like, oh, you know, Nikki's now living with Miguel and Rebecca. I was like, living? I didn't catch that the first time. I didn't either. I thought he was still on a visitor's pass. But <laughs> I, I think what happened, because remember when he came, he was staying with, um, you know, Kevin and his his fiance. And then I guess when Kevin yeah. got put into the garage, right. he got put with Rebecca. <laughs> he can't be moving now. They were displacing these seniors. But the, the, the issue I have is... Kevin had went down there and bought this beautiful trailer. Trailers are portable. They don't have a place he can park and still be a part of the family and have his own residence. Like, you don't even like Miguel. Why are you now in Miguel's home? But does he but still- this happened relatively quickly. Like, yeah. I don't think he was planning on like staying. Um, I think he just like came and then he was like, you know what, y'all are pretty cool. So then he moved in. <laughs> but he, so he hasn't really booked his flight to go back to get his trailer. And I think part of him, and I will say this, I think part of him and I think everybody involved might be a little nervous that if he does go back to get his trailer, he may not come back. Now, that's a good point. And I don't know if it's just he felt like y'all are cool. Remember, this all happened out of tragedy. He loves him from Kevin. Kevin was left at the altar. You know, they've gotten the bad news about Rebecca's health declining. I really think in a weird way, Nikki is like a stabilizing force. So I think he enjoys that he he kind of sees that he's needed. Yeah, because yeah, he's he, kind of the patriarch now. Like he's <laughs> like carrying like that family legacy. Yeah. And the good thing about Nikki is they all have these, you know, stories <laughs> about Jack and they have all these emotional ties. Nikki is just like, well, that's that don't seem right, but okay. Like, <laughs> so he's just like this outside voice, almost like the audience voice, like, y'all are way too invested in this. Um, what we need to do is just move forward. Um, but you know what? I feel like and that's so real in families because he's actually the one that you would think would be the most emotional. He's known Jack since the day you know he was born. But there's like this connection to Jack in a way that they don't even know Jack, but yet a distance. So I just feel like that's so real. 
um, just the, the quote unquote crazy uncle who just shows up on the scene. And I'm so glad that he's found a way back to the family, you know, because yeah. even like Rebecca's saying, there are things I wish I knew, or I wish I asked, and I really can't wait for them to develop their relationship, Nikki and Rebecca. And I think it's like a, when you go to like the best party you've ever been to in your life, you just don't want to leave. That's true. Like, y'all need help with the dishes? Should we, yeah. should we make some coffee? Like, what? you guys yes. want, even if you don't smoke, you're like, you want some cigars? Anything to keep it going. Yes. I think he's just like, because he was by himself for like 40 years, living in a trailer, not talking to anybody, just consuming alcohol and living with his memories. And then Kevin comes and kind of opens up his world. Yeah. And so now, because even when Kevin talked him into going to therapy, when his therapist was like, hey, I got another job, he was so upset he threw a chair through the window. Mm. So like, I think he doesn't want to break the connection that he has to even go back and get his trailer. But I also think that it's going to, you know, probably allow the introduction of another character or um, let that lady, the military lady from the past come back to bring the trailer up because you know kevin is single now so we'll see oh gosh but, <laughs> i know she was not i don't see that no sophie's coming back on the scene sophie's coming i back. just don't want kevin and sophie to get together because sophie's know. kevin's ex-wife who keeps popping up and i'm like girl it's not supposed to happen i don't child. think she keeps popping up his heart keeps drawing him to sophie honey. yeah yeah it's not her but i will mm-hmm. say though like I feel like Kevin really wants that girl, the black girl. Mm. Oh, now the, yeah, now Zoe, I could, well, I could see that, but I don't know, but Zoe has already established she don't want no kids, and now he has two No, she told him. She said, you need to go have kids with someone else. I don't want the kids, but I think that she would be fine now that he's a father, because she didn't want to have the children. That's a good point. I don't know. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know if she meant it like that, or if she meant, like, I don't want to be a mother. I, I but don't I can't yeah. remember. Didn't they run into each other right before his wedding? What yes. Remember mm-hmm. she was they on ran into each other. She was on, because they both work in like the arts, um, television, and she does documentaries. And he was meeting with his agents. And when he passed by the room, she was on the video chat and they talked. And honestly, I feel like he's the most at peace with her. Because mm-hmm. um, yeah. he's not trying to be anything. He just kind of is who he is. But you know, if you really want a family and somebody doesn't, then it just, you know, those are two definite um, different roads that you're taking. Um, okay, so back to the, 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 senior, the senior trio, okay? <laughs> the breakfast platter people. So Nikki, Miguel, and Rebecca take the kids and they go to, the, they go to this park where there's a train and they get on the train and Rebecca's reflecting back and she said, you know, my dad would always take me with him on business trips. And my favorite part was we would walk from the front of the train to the back of the train. And the back of the train was my favorite. And that part of the train is called, and she just couldn't remember. And she was like, no one tell me. Um, and I understand nobody telling her maybe the first hour, but I felt like at some point somebody should have just been like, it's called the caboose because she spent the whole day trying to figure out that word when one of them could have just told her and like took away some of the frustrations of her day. But she kind of thought back to where she read the red caboose to her kids. She thought about her dad walking her back there and saying, you know, what part of the train it was, but she could never get the words. And then when they had a birthday party for Kevin and Kate, cause they both live in California. And uh, Randall. Randall was on the chat. chat. 
but yeah but she was at the party with Kevin and Kate she couldn't even focus on that because she was trying to get that word so bad um to the point where she like yelled out to herself during the middle of the birthday song what is it and they were like what's going on with you what's happening um so yeah so that was interesting um which I also Mm -hmm. sorry no what I really liked about it I'm actually glad no one filled in that word one I think it showed um a side of Alzheimer's that or dementia that we don't get to see that it seemed at the end like she just had this outburst like oh my gosh well no in her mind all day she was working on one thing so sometimes people may not even know what is needed but then too if they had not if they had filled in the word she wouldn't have been able to recall the memory from her dad let's say or go back to the memory of her reading to her children that to me it also spoke to the relationship we all have with our own journeys and the parts of ourselves that we're losing or that we're connecting with or that I mean, she she really is trying to come to grips with this is my reality so I really love that look into her journey with her yeah. illness. no that's true and also I think I think for her it was like the ultimate wake-up call like this is yeah. actually happening like, yes. I think when you are diagnosed with something, but you still feel like yourself, you're like, mm. Mm, okay, I mean, it's happening, but not really. But I think that was the moment where she was like, oh, this is really happening. And those brain scans were real. And so that was just like a wake up call for her. And I think for everybody around her, like yeah. we've been talking about it, but now we're in it. And that just feels very different. Um, um, so yeah, and so while they're, while Rebecca's trying to figure out her life, Nikki is reflecting back on a girl that he left. Um, he just, he chose his family over a girl 45 years ago. And so he, because of the magic of Facebook, he's tracked her down on Facebook. He's Facebook stalking her. Um, and so he talks about her every single day. So Rebecca and Miguel are like, yes, you've told us the story of her. Yes, we know that you haven't reached out on Facebook. Like, what is your action plan? And he's like, I just don't know. So Throughout the episode, he just keeps bringing up about how he needs to contact her, but he doesn't want to. And didn't he even bring a laptop to the little kitty? Train? He did. <laughs> did he? I didn't yes. see that. Okay. Like when he's getting on the little kitty train with the kids, he has a laptop in his hand while he's talking about Sally. I guess he feels like he needs the laptop to access Facebook. And I'm like, hey, now Miguel. I think just in case the message comes through, he's like, I'm ready. Now, Miguel, you know you could have showed him how to download the Facebook app go on his phone Miguel's a hater you know um Kevin hooked him up with everything he needed he named his child after him he loves Nikki that is true that is very true so so yeah that happens and then so okay so in the midst of all of this happening the big the flashback scene is that in 1986 there was the um astronaut I mean I'm sorry the the challenger flight that um blew up um that blew up and it's so strange because they kind of you know they were like how are we going to talk to the kids about it what are we going to say because I mean I was in school in 1986 and they I remember because it was the first time they were letting a teacher up in space so we actually every classroom at my school I remember it was a huge thing we prepped about it for like weeks and then they brought, I remember them rolling the TV in the room, it being on the screen, and then that's where my memory ends. I don't remember anything after that about it. Like I knew that it happened, um, but I don't remember anything other than that. But I can say almost every classroom in America, I think, was watching that. 
because there was a teacher that was going up into space and that was like a huge thing. But for their family, they started off the morning, Rebecca was making Tang, which is a very disgusting beverage. And I think the only reason Tang even got off this, got off the market was because people used to say, the astronauts drink it, but maybe there's some people who love Tang. To those people, I apologize, but there's like three of you, so I think I'm okay. Um, <clears throat> she's making them Tang, they're talking about the Challenger, they go to the classroom, they watch on TV, the Challenger kind of blows up. And then when they get home, the dad is talking to the kids about it. And so the way that the kids handle grief is so interesting because for, well, one, they're all quiet about it. For Randall, he's worried about um, the teachers because the teacher had kids and he's like, who's going to make them dinner tonight? Who's going to take care of them? And his mom is like, oh, you know, their dad will or whatever. And her summation from that was that Randall is always going to try to make people's lives better and always worry about what's happening in the world and never really have rest. And for Kevin, he was like, well, <clears throat> it was just on TV. It didn't really happen. Um, and so I don't know what the summation was from that, what we kind of got from the fact that he tried to act as though it didn't happen. Well, what I got was, it's interesting, then he lived his life through acting where nothing, and he even made a comment towards the end about the man. And he's like, well, it's TV, you know, it's not real. So I think that's his coping mechanism where things don't have to be real. And to me, that points even to his first birthday that we saw, we met him when he was 36, where he's with these groupies. He has these life things going on, but it's like, in this part, it's not real. So to me, that just showed his coping mechanism. Um, that maybe even how it developed and, and his parents even were asking is he going to be the person that's obsessed with the challenger um, the challenger even as an older man and to me it points to maybe maybe he is and maybe not the challenger but this idea of death of things ending that a way to cope with it is to just know that it's really not real that's how I took I, it I agree because he was talking about the challenger on his 36th birthday. The girl didn't know what he was talking about. Oh, you're right. I didn't even <laughs> put that together. Was. And I was uh, like, why would you bring this up? But he always says, you know where my life changed? The challenger. Wow. He always says it. And, and then also, <laughs> it's like things are not real. This girl has left you at the altar. Why are you in her garage? Like, it, re it really did happen. She left you. And, and why won't you movie. let her and the man watch the movie or watch the okay. Oh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. Yeah, I have my feelings about that. But yeah, so the fact that he didn't even take his his breakup for real, like like he's like, and everyone keeps saying that me living in the garage won't work. Yeah, because you're detached from reality as you were as a child. Because why are you in the garage with no windows, with your babies, with a full setup? When I mean, honestly... Why wouldn't you just get an apartment down the street or, you know, buy a house in the same neighborhood? Like you have enough money for that. So like, it's not a financial thing. So why, why do you need to be so attached to this situation? She's already told you, yeah, I can tell that you don't love me. So let's just separate. So like, why, why the garage of all places? Detached from reality. Mm -hmm. True. Hey, listen, he's in a detached garage. <laughs> but then to me this brings up gender again like we were talking about toby with work and male identity and work even this idea that at first you know kate was the one talking when they asked the kids when they got home when they witnessed the challenger um how are you are you okay and the boys weren't really talking and so to me i think that speaks to okay they did kind of worry well okay is he gonna be okay well he'll probably be okay 
this idea of that, how critical it is even to make sure that young boys really have the space and place to process their feelings, their emotions, because then if not, it comes out in you living in the garage of your baby mama's house. I think, I think that was a that's an extreme situation. I don't know. Though. I don't know if it is though. I don't know if it is. We have many men who are connected to women in a way where they can't let them go. They're not intimate though. They don't know how to really connect. I don't know. It's pretty a common a common occurrence. Yeah, I guess that's true. And I, you know what, you know what really shined a light on that was the pandemic, yes. where like easily you can go and like visit your kids or whatever. But some mm. people were like, no, we need to move in together, and it's just mm. like, um, I don't. I'm, I'm not sure if that's a good formula like this does it but they were like this what this is what needs to happen and in their mind I think it sounds like the heroic thing to yeah. do in actuality you're like no nah, that don't that don't really make sense because yes and I mean I loved in this episode how important it was for the parents um Jack and Rebecca to they really were trying to take care of their children's emotional yeah. you know just make sure they were okay emotionally after such a track of tragic event and it made me think I day remember our parents coming to you and saying I day are you okay like how did they handle it to be honest with you I don't remember anything about that and you mm. know what's so interesting is like one of the astronauts that were in the one of the astronauts that passed away went to our church like he went to church with me and mama and so it was somebody who like, um, and Christine was in the nursery with his daughter. So like there was a connection there, right? Honestly, I remember them rolling the TV out. I don't remember anything after that. And mm -hmm. I'm sure it was on TV all the time and everything. But I guess for me, like my little mind was like, and we're done. So <laughs> I don't know which, which uh, sibling that was, but like, I, I literally don't remember anything about it. Cause I was like, well, you know, did we talk about it at school? Did we, what? I have no memories beyond the TV being rolled out. That's all that I, I remember the TV being rolled out. And I remember on the TV, there was like smoke in the air and then the, immediately they cut the TV off. And then that's, I don't remember anything after that. So um, I'm just gonna say from um, other occurrences, I think we probably watched the news and I think they probably talked about how sad it was, but I don't think that they talked to me directly about it just cause I think in our household, I think we talk about things, especially like, you know, newsworthy things, but I don't think we ever were like, and how do you feel about this? I think it was just kind of like, this is a sad thing, da 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 da, but I don't think we ever, I mean, do you ever remember an event that happened where they were like, guys, let's talk about this as a family. I don't ever remember that happening. So I'm going to assume it didn't happen with the challenger either. Oh, I feel like I can remember a few of those times, but to me, I think it really speaks to these collective traumas. And that's why I think it's fascinating that they started this series with the challenger, because I think when these traumas happen, it just metabolizes in all of us. And I think culturally, a lot of times we don't talk about these things. Even if you think about 9-11 after it happened, we knew it was something jolting that had changed all of us, but there really weren't like a lot of sit down, like what does this actually feel like for you? What's going on for you? So I actually think this is like healing for our country for them to really fast forward and say, well, this is actually major and it's still perpetuating and it's still having impact on all of our lives. So I thought like this episode, even though for some people I've heard it's like, we're well, it seeing kind of slow. But it's like, no, they really are 
setting that foundation for this final season to me. Mm-hmm. You know what part didn't seem slow was what? my girl Madison. Madison Woo! was all Let about me. it this episode. Okay. <laughs> so last year, Madison, I mean, I okay, in the season finale from last year, you saw how Madison's mom was like, you know, you just need to find somebody that you can just be compatible with, girl. You never gonna have it all. And her dad was like, just settle, you know, just just get married to somebody. And he didn't even show up for her wedding. So it was like, kind of like her family kind of disregarded her. She didn't have a lot of friends. And even when she went, how she met Kate was that she went to like um, an eating disorder group and she was skinny and everybody else was severely overweight. And so before that, she had just gotten broken up with. But even when she went in that group, because she was skinny and she was trying to tell them like, oh, I have a problem. They were all like dismissive of her. Um, And so to see her this season, Kevin kind of, so I think in Kevin's mind and in a lot of the viewers' minds, Madison was just this person who was like obsessed with like the Pearsons and that was her whole like community and everything. And so when this season opened, um, Kevin's like, oh, we're having a party for our birthdays. Are you going to come out? And she was like, no, that's a family thing. I'm just going to have my book club and hang out. And he was like, oh, okay. Um, but you're more than welcome. Almost like he was like, girl, I know you really want to come. So this is the invite come on through she was like no I'm good so he goes to the party and when he comes back <laughs> Madison not only had her book club she had a little she had a friend that didn't want the party to end she had a little male friend that was there who was uh laughing with her drinking some wine talking about washing the dishes <laughs> and um and then Kevin was like okay well is he about to go and they were like mm, no I think I think we're good right. <laughs> They're watching TV. The guy definitely is trying to do like a little kiss situation. Madison's not opposed, but the problem in the room is that Kevin is just standing there watching and they're just like, okay. Um, So I think that like that part I really love because I think sometimes people don't see you as a whole person. I think because Kevin was introduced to her as like, you know, Kate's friend that was like looking for friends. Yeah. But not even a groupie for Kevin, but just like Kate's friend that didn't have any other friends that was like just looking for community that loved his family, that he just figured she was always going to be that person. And once Madison realized who she was as a person, she was able to go out and create her own community. Not that she doesn't love the Pearson still, but she was and like... And I meant, yeah, um, I'm in a family groupie. Like, oh, yeah, like yeah. why is she always around? Why is she? And she was, she was just so amazed by them. And I think in that moment, he had to realize he was watching real life. Like in real life, Madison is going home. She hasn't asked you to leave her garage, but just know by yourself in the house, she ain't by herself. Okay. (laughs) That's why Nikki can't live there because Madison is handling her business. (laughs) Yes. And interestingly enough, when he had to deal with something real in front of him, he ran right to his sister. That's true. And also, I think it speaks to the fact that Kevin, that all of them, um, but especially Kevin and Randall have this savior complex. Mm. And so I think in some ways, Kevin was just like, oh, Madison, you know, now that we're not getting married, you're going to be detached from our family, but don't worry, I'll be here for you. And Madison was like, no, you can go home. Like, we good. And he Mm. was like, and then he had to, be in reality and be like oh no Madison is good but you know who's not good me I'm I'm not good <laughs> and he had to like move to his sister's house and it started the way that it began which again beautiful editing and everything in the beginning 
of season one, um, Kate had fell off the scale and she was telling Kevin, like, just tell me I need to lose the weight. And they were hugging each other. And for this one, Kevin went to Kate's house and she was hugging him and telling him like, it's gonna be okay. We're gonna get through this together. So that was just really beautiful how those things went together, how they were able to be there for each other. Mm-hmm. And help each other deal with the reality because in the very first um, scene where they were talking about her and her feeling like she was fat and really wanting him to confirm, like, just tell me I'm fat. Um, and in that moment, he really was able to think through with her what it means to deal with what's in front of you. You know, like, okay, we're gonna have to actually take this head on, whatever that looks like, compared to, and I, and I don't know what it's like to lose a parent, um, but I, I think probably similar to the Challenger experience for Kevin losing his dad, I think that probably pushed him more into, well, let me just deal with acting or things that really aren't my reality, you know? Um, so I think to me, this may be the entrance into Kevin really having to go even deeper into dealing with his real life situations and feelings and emotions. Yeah, that's true. And that's a hard thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you spend years like building these defenses or things that you're able to cope with. And so to learn new coping techniques and new ways to really look at life the way that it is, is like a really diff. I think it's probably the one of the most difficult things that you have to learn in life. And especially no, when you're true. coping, sorry, when your coping mechanism looked good, like think about it, his coping mechanism led to him being a millionaire to having a claim and fame. You know, so something looks from the outside like, oh, you're good, you're straight, when he really is trying to now have to go deeper and really come face to face with his issue. That's true, because last season they revealed to us that, you know, the reason he has the manny body is mm. because he works out, you know, as a way to deal with his anxiety. So like you said, his looks good. Um, so, but I mean, I think that, you know, the Pearsons are known for these deep speeches whenever you're having a hard time. And so Kate delivered one to him, you know, like, he's like, why can't the world stop when, you know, we're going through something tragic. And I remember having that feeling one time I was in a hospital room and something horrible had happened. And I remember looking out the window and I remember looking at all the cars go by and I'm like, all these cars are just going by. Like people are going to work, people are on their cell phones. Like, like you, you literally want the world to stop. Yes. And, you know, so she delivered the speech of the world can't stop, you know, and it was, it was a lot longer, but basically, you know, if it stops, it won't have, you know, we won't keep rotating to get some light in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And I felt like she was just preaching to herself because obviously we know she's going through some marital issues um, and just, you know, life is happening. But I just, I, I like the speech, but her character, I don't know. I didn't like that she was delivering the speech and I thought that she was doing too much with it. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't because normally she doesn't give those heartfelt speeches. Right. And so I guess they're trying to develop her character to where now she's, you know, comforting him. But I don't know, I just, mm. I think normally she doesn't deliver those heartfelt speeches because normally she's not the go-to person. Like I told you, when you're in a family of three, the person that normally is giving those speeches is Randall because he's the one who has the kind of paternal overall, I've got it together feeling. And Kevin is always like kind of the playboy immature that's doing it. So they're bouncing speeches off each other or giving speeches to Kate, but she's never, she's never had, she's almost like the baby of their triplet situation. So she's never been the go-to person. 
But I also think the way that she's been like accepting her body, finding her career, much like Madison, she's blossomed. And so she's able to really like, she's done some self exploration where I do think she's coming to a place where she can deliver those speeches now. Because I think before everyone had kind of accepted their dad's death on different levels, except for her. Yeah. I think she was so stuck in like her abusive relationship that she had with her boyfriend, which I think was really done well last season and also the death of her dad and those two things had had her stuck so once she guilt around that thinking yeah. It's her fault. yeah once she was able to move past that she's been able to mature but what somebody told me before is like whenever you when you have an addiction or coping mechanism a lot of times you're stuck at the age like you stop at that addiction age and so so she probably stopped maturing when she was like 16 and so now when we've seen her before it's almost been like she's been like a 16 young adult in her emotions. But I feel like with kids, with her marriage, you know, dealing with a husband with depression, she's had to like grow up. And so you're seeing like an adult Kate, whereas even though she was 36 before, maturity wise, she was probably like a 16 year old Kate. So that's what I think the difference is. And you know what else I like? That they went back and flashed back to work that she's done. I forgot. Remember she went to the camp and she was there for a month mm -hmm. and she had that, um, moment that cathartic moment when she really would just let out so much and it reminded me that sometimes like when you fast forward five years you forget that some work you have done so mm -hmm. I, some of these things didn't just happen for Kate she did make it happen so I do feel like she has a leg to stand on as far as the light because she found her life remember she even suffered a miscarriage and she was able to deliver her baby she's had to deal with having a special needs child adopting a child so no, Kate, she's had, she's dealt with darkness, but she has also seen light. Yeah. So I, I really yeah. appreciated it from her. Yeah. And I think like having a special needs child and working with special needs kids too, is kind of like, I think there's been a lot of times where she's had to like work with um, or be with or parent someone who has had the world telling them, well, this is what it's going to be for you. Mm -hmm. And her having to be like, no, That's you don't true. have to fit in this box. You can go beyond that. So I feel like she has the skills to be able to like speak into his speaking to his life like that so I really I really like that and I like that it came from her because it just like showed like how much growth it is and also that now she's a player at the table she's mm -hmm. not just like their sister that they have to support or ignore the fact I think sometimes it's easier in families or just in general for in groups but sometimes it's easier when you see somebody dealing with like when it's alcoholism or something I think people are like let's come to the table let's talk when it's like food or when somebody is kind of doing things that are when especially when it's food I think people are kind of like eh, I don't really want to say anything it's people you know to themselves or whatever but I mean she, I think she was like really suffering and they just all were kind of like well you know she's fine you know she's just gaining weight but it's, it's not a big thing or in actuality I think that she like wanted someone to be like hey you know I don't know food is really hard body is really hard because yeah so I don't know. And yeah. you know, okay, okay. Y'all convinced me. Kate had a right to give a speech. Yes. But let me say this. I'm very proud that Kate loves her job so much that she wants to go there on her day off. Because if I took the day off for my birthday, 
don't call me to the job saying don't call me text me y'all could have done that the day i returned singing song guess what you. you didn't have to worry about telling me nothing because you're gonna strike the voicemail right. i don't care what y'all are doing up there you tomorrow we could have the same we have the same experience and if it's an emergency baby you got 911 number call them exactly also i'm a music teacher <laughs> put the phone on speaker i'll, I'll walk them through it so i'm not Making a drive. Yeah, don't call me on my day off. But you know what that is? That shows that she really loves her job because not only did she reply to the text and actually show up on her day off, you know, she was so touched. She cried. She, you know, whereas I would have been like, well, you know, but I was, I, I, I really was like, wow, she really, you know, some people say they love their job. I was like, wow, she really loves her job. Like she's where she's supposed to be. So that was beautiful to see that there are people that truly are, you know, happy at where they are. Now, my so, question is, what was y'all's thought on them showing Kate overhearing him breaking up with the girlfriend? First off, Kate is nosy as hell. I appreciate it. Like she wasn't just like, oh, <laughs> He's having a personal conversation. Let me walk away and come back. Right. She, was, she was right at the door <laughs> with her hands folded. She was, because that was a good, like, five to ten minute conversation. But what I love, she didn't do the let me act like I got in here. She was like, now, what was that? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> She was, she was um, definitely, she was like, I am nosy. Yes. This is what I heard. And now I want an explanation about yes. what I overheard. Yes. And then when she saw the girl, she wasn't acting like, oh, I just walked up. She looked at her like, yes. yeah, girl, <laughs> that's crazy how he just broke up with you. Like he looked, she looked at her like, mm, I feel you girl. Then she walked in the room and she was like, what was going on with that? Yes. So like, where are you at with your relationship? I would have been like, coworker, calm yourself. Like, mm-mm. But that breakup though, like it, you know, it's like watching paint dry. Like he, I mean, Ooh. he did not hold back. I was mm-hmm. like, whoa. But then I will say this. Honey, he had already broken up with the lady. She showed up to his job and he was just like, look, it's just not working out. And she's like, I need an explanation. He was like, okay, fine, let's go for it. So I mean, in some ways, I was like, that's really offensive, but in some ways what else did was he gonna need to tell her for her to go away she showed up to his job I think we're watching the mm. tv show and we're forgetting that honey I broke up with you and now you're showing up to my place of work in the middle of the day so you've That's left true. your job to come to my job to find out why I broke up with you you could have done this after school hours this is during school hours when my kids are sitting in the classroom but you're like I need an explanation okay girl I'm gonna give it to you I'm gonna cut you to the white meat because I need you to leave and don't come back because you have some stalkers issues yes. if you're coming to my job well he did do that <clears throat> I remember I had a friend that was a teacher and it was like so funny to me because she was just like I don't know why in every romantic comedy they feel the need to bring the love interest to the school what mm. schools are they working at where a teacher is just like, oh, my boyfriend's here. Come on in. <laughs> like, Never. She's like, I got a lesson plan. I got 20 kids going crazy. I don't need you to come and be like, you know what? I've decided you're the one. Sir, tell me after work. And I was like, that's so true. Whenever somebody's and especially a teacher. When you get off at three o'clock, you know, it's like you got to wait till 9 p.m. Yeah. Yes. And also the weekends are available. Honey, I true. work Monday through Friday, Saturday, true. Sunday. You could pop in any time in my home. So why True. are you coming during the school day? And also, again, why are you leaving your job to come and tell me this? Yes. Like you okay. said, that's why he had to cut it to the white meat. Okay. Because I was like, that's hardcore. But then I was like, why is she at his job in the middle of the day? Like, mm-mm. especially because he works with kids. 
So like, he doesn't have time for her. When you're a teacher, like your breaks are like limited. So like, I have a quick 30 minute lunch break or what do they call it? A teacher advisory time. I probably just had a parent call me and now you're like, why did you break up with me? Honey, cause I didn't want you. You're sure. boring. Leave me alone. Maybe then, that let Kate know he got that. No, 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 no. <laughs> because that girl was like, wait, why? Like, don't she leave was. me. <laughs> so Kate was like, duly noted. <laughs> and also, she was like, I know that you have a traumatic background, but that can't be the reason. Girl, what reason do you, what, what is the, what do you need? What do you need? So I totally get it. So then they had the kids like sing to Kate, which I think is beautiful. But again, as a grown man, I could have, he could have easily been like, okay, kids, we're going to sing it to her the day after her birthday. Thank there you. was no need for her to come to the school for that. Mm-mm. But he really wanted to see her. He did. Do you think he did? I don't think he did. Yeah. Really? You saw when he looked at her. Did you see oh, that? Yeah. They kind of showed when the kids were singing and she was touched, her little tear was rolling down. He looked at her like, I think that was the first time he saw her in another way. Yeah. Obviously, his plate is now clear because he he let that girl completely go. So he looked over at her like, maybe this is my next. Like there was that first moment where we're like, oh, this is where the connection was made. And then you never know. He might have maybe the lady had texted him that morning. He texts back, I'm actually interested in someone. Or you know what I'm saying? Who knows? Because he really wanted to make sure that this went well for Kate on her birthday. So, honey, because something happened for that lady to show up that day. I don't know. <laughs> I'm for real. Did. She was ready. But I kind of, I guess, I don't know. I guess part of it kind of, that was a little kind of offensive is he was like telling the lady, he's like, you're gorgeous. Anybody would want you. Da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden he's looking at Kate that way. Like, I just kind of was like, mm, I don't know. Sometimes I feel like people take little jabs at overweight people. And I felt like that was like a little, I don't know. It Wait, just felt, what? Yeah, mm-hmm. I didn't connect the wait. I hold did. on. How is how is him trying to because remember he had cut the lady to the white meat, so he had to layer her. I mean, he couldn't just completely, so that was his way of complimenting her. Like, I don't want to completely, you know, leave you in the dust. Like, let me just tell you, you're beautiful. I just don't want you. I felt like that had nothing to do with Kate. I think it well, as far as like from a writing standpoint, I kind of think that it did where it was like he's looking for something more than the superficial. Me, so it was just kind of like, mm, I don't know. I don't know. That's how I felt about it. It just kind of felt like it was like setting the stage for like, oh, he's looking for someone's brain and heart more than he's looking for their outward appearance. Or it's just like, Kate is gorgeous and like it has nothing to do with like anything else. So I just kind of was like, you are kind of setting the stage for like, he had a superficial woman. He didn't want that. So now he's gonna, you know, go with this woman where he's just after her mind and her heart. And I was like, okay. I felt like they were kind of like laying the brick to like, you know, she's she's not physically what he wants, but he's ready to look past all of that to find somebody he's like connected to. And I was like, mm, okay. Yeah, I don't know. That's kind of, because what I appreciated, he gave her a rote response. He said the exact same three adjectives like two or three times. I don't know what they were. It was like, you're gorgeous. You're ambitious, motivated, whatever it was. It was just the same three things. So it was basically like, I'm just telling you this. Hopefully you catch on. Like I'm done. So yeah, I didn't connect that at all. Mm-mm. And then not to mention, I think that it's one of those things where some people, none of their exes look the same. Like they they actually go for swag. You know what I mean? They go for the vibe or whatever. And I think that he's just like, you know, I think that he looked over at her like she's gorgeous. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, 
you know, I, I don't know. I thought, you know, I don't know. I didn't, you know, I always think Kate is really cute, especially the teen Kate. I just think all the kids Oh, the teen just... Kate is super cute. No, yeah, I think it's like a trope. I think it's a trope that happens in a lot of movies and shows when it comes to like the overweight girl. It's like the man has to see past the looks he has to see to like her heart and her mind. And it's just like, okay, but he could also maybe be attracted to like a larger body or like, you know, whatever. So yeah. I don't know, but that seems to be like a trope that they go to. And so, you know, maybe I'm just sensitive about that part. And I was just like, mm, okay. Like it wasn't like super offensive, but I was like, okay, I see what y'all are doing there. That's what I saw. Just me yeah. personally. So um okay so what have we who have, i think we hit up everybody um oh but so kevin definitely copes in a way where he kind of is disassociated kate is coming into her own where she's able to like live in reality and deal with things that are coming up to her randall copes in a way where he has to be a superhero where he has to make the world where everybody in the world feels cared for so basically on his birthday, instead of spending time with his family and his wife, who's like, spend time with me, he goes to the courthouse to find the man who broke into his home. He meets the man. He recognizes the man has a mental illness. And then he bails him out of jail and tells the man to meet him at the homeless center. I don't know why he thought that would work, because no, the man literally is, it's hard for him to even connect different things in his life. So for him to like show up to an appointment would be really hard for him. But Randall has faith that the man is going to show up and he doesn't. And I actually love the fact that the man didn't show up because that's more realistic than being like, and the man came, we were able to get him therapist. And now his name's David and he works at at the donut shop. Like, no, like sometimes it's not that easy. And I think it also points to, he has to have a different ending for his story because in the past that has worked for him. Here, he found his long lost father who left him at a fire station. His father, fast forward 36 years, moved into his home. They travel together. They get these life lessons. I mean, that's just unreal. You know, that doesn't happen for most Then people. his mom leaves him a home and she oh, had this great backstory. Sure. But, at the, but to story. me, the central character is always Randall, that he can create these happy endings for himself even think about it here he is this transracial adoptee who now has this beautiful black family he's connected to his black culture you know he gets connected to his biological father I mean, it's just like wow okay i can make these things happen so the reason why i was so happy it didn't happen that way remember his parents were in the bed talking about their kids in the future and his mom has said you know i feel like he's always going to be someone that has to try to help and do the most and basically be this superhero but interestingly the woman that he marries that also becomes what she has to grapple and deal with. But what I love, she was like his balm, his medicine. She could have easily had an argument with him about it. Don't go out there, don't do that. She literally was waiting, knowing like he has to do this. And then he, she was there waiting when we got back with the couplings that really were to me symbolic of like, maybe not you creating this happy ending, but just let the ending come to you. Like things can work out okay. And so I think if the man had shown up, then he would have went to his same spiral of let me fix, let me fix. But now it's like, I can't fix this man. Let me go home. And so I thought it was just so beautiful. And to me, it really spoke to healing even through a relationship. Like his wife knows that like, and in the past, they would have probably went toe to toe about Randall, just stop. And then she recognizes like, I, I, I'm not Randall. I can't heal him of this. Like 
I have to let him have his own journey, which to me, I don't care if you're married, if you have kids, whatever, everybody has their own journey that they have to walk through. That's true. But do you think that he recognizes that he is willing? Because the one thing that I don't think he still has realized is that he's willing to sacrifice his family and everything mm-hmm. else to become a hero to someone else. Like more importantly than anything else, he's willing to sacrifice everything that's in front of him to be a hero. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because for sure, this man that he bailed out could have killed him. Like this is yep. somebody who held him up at, was it gun or knife? Knife. Point, at knife point. So he could have killed him. So when he bailed him out of jail, especially since this person is not mentally stable, he could have like stabbed him. You know what I mean? When he met him. So who knows? So yes, I think that's one thing that may happen this season is he has to recognize like, it's good to want to help the community because that's what he says at the end. Like, I want to do more for the people in the city, but it's not good for you because in previous seasons, you know, he would help people to the point of where he he would break down his own body. Mm -hmm. He was willing to sacrifice himself. And I hope that now this season that he starts to recognize, like, you can help to an extent, but don't sacrifice your family and yourself in, in the thing give up things yes but like a complete sacrifice and to become a complete martyr those are that's not helpful to anybody and i hope that they'll show that he continues in therapy because i really feel like he was having some breakthroughs and connecting some dots about what that uh mechanism is for him as far as the superhero savior complex which i actually think some of that comes from his uh adoptive dad as well um, so I think it'll be interesting to explore that for Kevin and for Randall, this idea of as a man, I'm supposed to be able to save the world. True. So um, just really quick, who was your favorite character of this episode? For me, it was Madison because girl was like, do y'all, I got my whole life. I'm making it happen. For me, I'm going to have to go with, hmm. interestingly enough, they didn't give her a lot of time. Deja, I really, it was just a very small, super small. (laughs) Was she in this episode? Was she eating eating her cereal? You were like, go Deja. What? No, listen. <laughs> when I tell you I love Deja, the reason why her scene was literally not even two seconds, but she was at the kitchen table talking with her um, now adoptive sister and her adoptive mom, and she was talking about her boyfriend. But the reason I loved it because as a young black girl, she was able just to one share with her mom, which to me spoke to like even like this difference generationally, like. I'm sure with her dating a young man who has a child, if this, if we rolled this back 30 years ago, it would not be like, oh, girl, he's writing you a love note. No, be like, girl, you better shut that down. Like just the narratives that are oftentimes given to young black girls. For her to be able just to fully express like, this is my boyfriend, he's at heart. Because the mom was like, oh, he's in, he's in Boston, right? I just thought it was such a beautiful moment of like, I can just be me and I'm navigating this new season that I'm in. I have a boyfriend who's out of town in college at Harvard. I'm here with my family chilling. And that seems so stable and insignificant. But to me, I just thought it was beautiful. So I said it was too I mean, but for I me, it. I forgot she was even in the episode. So <laughs> I love that it was it was good for you. That's what I'm saying. Different perspectives. Different perspectives. Yes. What about you, Georgia? Um 
Well, after y'all schooled me on Kate, I feel like I should say Kate since she did this remarkable speech. But I'm going to go with Rebecca. Not Rebecca, Ooh. I'm sorry. Wait, I'm so sorry. I forgot her, her name. Oh, gosh. What's Randall's wife's name? Beth. Beth. I'm going to go with Beth. First of all, Beth's booty was popping. Okay. Did y'all see when she had laid, yeah. she was laying on the counter talking to the girls? I was like, yeah. how cute is that little butt? And then um, she even told him, she was like, I'm fly. She looked at herself in the mirror. I'm she so did. fly. But even more so than that, first of all, homegirl didn't ask how much the bell was. If, if my husband comes to me and says, I bailed out the man, I mean, of course, I would have my concerns. Like, what, is he going to come back after us? Why did you bail him out? But how much did you pay? Like, she, you know, maybe she saw it in the account. I don't know. But she was totally understanding of that. Yeah. Like, that's a wife. Because you taking money out of our budget to bail. I mean... So she was completely understanding. And then also, like Christine pointed out, she was such a good mom. But then I like it too, because it was so real where she was like, oh guys, your dad used to send me love notes. Okay, no one is listening to me. Um, <laughs> but you know, she took that in stride and she kept on moving. And that's just what you have to do because a lot of times they don't care. <laughs> and then um, same thing with her husband. She kept telling him, you need to stay home. You need to sit down somewhere. You need to enjoy your birthday. He did not care. He did not listen. But guess what? She just kept taking it, taking it in stride. And she had the perfect gift for him when he came home. So I don't know. I kind of liked how she just kind of, you know. You know why I kind of thought for a moment, because I was going to say, Beth, I think the reason why that was not my favorite character this episode, you know, I love Beth. But I feel like that speaks to the narrative of Black women. We got to carry it all. I mean, then she's sitting there saying, do you want me, beautiful me, or do you want to go to this random man who yep. tried to kill us? And that's <laughs> like, no, not you, Black woman. <laughs> and then like, here she is literally in the mirror, out loud saying, I look good. I'm fine. Did he not have one gall in him to say, baby, you look so beautiful. You Because she no. did. No, she but he did, did not. But she looked gorgeous. What I'm saying is, in that moment, as I said, he's more concerned about the man who tried to kill them <laughs> compared to his, like, who is always there for everybody. So I think, mm -hmm. of course, I love her, but I think that really speaks to the burden that's placed on Black women. And it's like, yeah. you're supposed to just keep going, keep doing, keep... That's a lot. That's and neat. in a lot of ways, like, wives in general, like, sometimes I think yes. people, like, downplay the role of a wife. Like, yeah, it's amazing for you to be a mother and like mother your kids and be their support system. But at the same time, like you also need somebody to be encouraging and supporting to you. So that part. I think in general, that's where a lot of women like feel like hurt and pain and like, you know, having a household is because you are seen as like, you know, the nurturer, the comforter, all of these things. But it's like, uh, sometimes I need a soft shoulder. How about that? So and I also need me to do what I want to do. How many times has she <laughs> sacrificed on behalf of Randall? All she had was one little dream. Here he goes. It may not be the time, but what about the budget? What about the day? You know, when they flash but he's back. quitting jobs and oh my God, buying really? apartment oh, buildings. Oh. And I will say he he like told her, he's like, We're gonna when I looked at like previous season, he told her, he said, We're gonna adopt a child yes. and I need you to get on board with this. Yep. That is a bold thing to come to somebody and say because that's a huge yes. decision. That's a life. That's a, mm. but he and just not anybody. The wife that you already have kids with. Why does she get no say? Like he's like, you have to get on board. But you know what you just made me think about Kevin actually, uh, not allowed, but invited um, Zoe to say, you know, if this is not what you want, this is so hard because I love you, but I can respect that. Mm -hmm. But Randall 
could not do that at all. And so now here is Beth. Yeah, she's quote unquote gotten on board. And yeah, I'm sure she loves um, Deja, my favorite character. <laughs> <laughs> but wow, again, something that was literally forced on her. That's, that's heavy. Well, exactly. let me say this. Y'all said Beth never had nothing. That was another thing that brought her to the top for me. She threw in there. Of course, it was a side note because, you know, she doesn't get to have much say. <laughs> but, but she threw in there. When she was um, telling him, what do you want to do for your birthday? She said, your fly wife who has her own makeup line or skincare line. Did, did y'all hear that? I was did. like, I think she's, no, I think she was saying like she's using new skincare products that are making her skin pop. I don't um, know. It sounds no, like she was saying not- she had a line. Oh. Uh, yeah, I think she I said, think so. we may have to rewatch it, that has her own skincare line. Yeah. I want to say she said that, which I thought was very random because I've never known her to yeah I think about. that she just is using a new scare can line yeah I, I think it was like one of those things where like when you because I remember when I went to get a facial and this lady gave me some Korean skincare products <laughs> and people were complimenting me I was like yeah it is bomb like I was bringing it up all the time I think it's more like that but I don't know we'll see we'll see I mean because if she does have a skincare line they're gonna need to bring it up during the <laughs> exactly. so um so with that what are now that you've seen this episode and normally the intro episode to this is us tells you how the season's gonna go so with that what are your predictions for this for the series how it's gonna end where the characters are gonna go and i'm gonna limit you to like 30 seconds to a minute because we are very talkative people okay and with the where is it gonna what's the question where is the season going to go Exactly. So for me, my predictions are this. I think the reason why it started and ended with the challenger is because there's going to be some deaths. I think, I think at least one person is going to die before the end of the season. Of course, we know, you know, just from the flash forwards that probably Rebecca, I think that this whole show is in some ways Rebecca's story. So I think when Rebecca passes, like that will kind of be the end of the season. I mean, the end of the series. So I think Rebecca, but I also think somebody else is going to die. And I think that's why the challenger was introed because it shows how they have dealt with grief and coped with it. Um, and we've watched how they've coped with their dad. And now we're going to have to see how they're going to cope with losing two other people. Um, I think it's going to, I think um, Deja and Malik, I don't know if they're going to be together or they're going to break up. Let me just say, they showed a preview for next week. I literally was clapping because I did not see the preview. Nikki is going to go to Sally's house. Okay. Oh, thank gosh. And I'm so excited for it. Deja is going to go see Malik in Boston. I am excited, but nervous. I'm like, Deja, keep your heart three sacks. You don't, you know, (laughs) make sure you (laughs) protect your future, but I've seen the future (laughs) where she's in medical school. So I'm a little more confident. It was in a flash forward from last season. Remember she was pregnant and Annie, Annie picked her up, the one that gets no lines? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who just pops up. <laughs> um, so that, those are things that I think that are going to happen. I kind of think Miguel's going to die. I really kind of think Miguel's going to yeah. die. Because I've never see seen him, him in the future. The bedside, do we? Exactly. No, we see Nikki with his wedding ring. But we don't know who he's married bedside. to. We he might be married to uh, Sally. I hope he is. Because that would be so cute for me. He might be so those are some of the wedding. predictions that I have. I think it's I hope Rebecca. Not married to Rebecca. Because, you know what, Rebecca? Much. I need you to get on Bumble. I need you to find a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Stop taking everybody the family. 
So I'm I'm a not the best friend and the brother. Come on now. Yeah, and I'm gonna go through the whole line. Nikki, she's down on her luck, and you're like, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna marry her. No, Nikki, I need you to have a different story than that. So, do you guys have any predictions? I actually, I think that he's gonna end up with Sally because they really are kind of drawing this out about him getting connected with Sally. I don't know what Sally's story is going to be, or maybe it's a friend of Sally. I don't know, but something in his life is going to connect him with Sally. And I think that goes back to your point, Ade, about um, people being uh, locked into trauma based on their age. And so remember, at that moment, he could not leave because he felt he had to stay with his parents and all that. So he didn't leave with Sally. And Sally wanted to go out to where they are now in California. So I think oh yeah that's true yeah and when they talked about their future together they talked about having like a cabin in california oh yes so i'm like i want this for you i want this for you i know i hope that would be so beautiful just because i think most of us can relate to that where there are certain points in our lives where you do think back like what if or so him to be able to connect with his what if and then there's nothing holding him back now um so some things could really develop in a beautiful way um, I do think that um, there's something still between Kevin and Randall that we still need to explore. We know that, but I think it's more than just that fight they had because they kind of talked about it and they've been kind of getting to a good place after Randall helped so much with the birth of the twins. But there's something else. Even when he walks in, you can tell, I don't know, something else that happened. Maybe that's connected to their responses to Miguel's death, perhaps. I don't know. Um, so I predict that there's something that's really going to pop off between them two again. Interestingly, Kate has not made it to the house. And I'm, are people asking where Kate is? Yeah, no because in all of the future scenes, like, um, they say, like, oh, they're, well, they talked, to, Toby talks to his son, and he says, and he says, oh, you know, they're on their way. But they have, but Toby, but Toby has a daughter as well. So when he's saying they're on their way, it could be the daughter and her family. It could not be Kate. So we don't know who he's talking about. It could be Kate and her husband. Okay. It could be. Or it may be none of them. So there's been no confirmation that Kate's on her way, though. No. They never say directly anything about Kate in the future. So I actually think it may be Kate. Christine, don't bring down this call. Don't do it. I'm just... (laughs) But just don't do it. I mean, the only reason I say that is Miguel passes. Like, yes, we will be sad, but it's like... Okay. You know what I mean? But, but this is the finale. I'm not actually like sad about Miguel. Miguel's been there longer than most. Than, actually, Miguel has been there longer than anybody else. Even, was he? Oh, no. Rebecca came in before Miguel. They were friends after he met Rebecca. But come on, Mel. Rebecca. I mean, I got respect for Miguel, but I'm just saying, this is the final season. Something like, you know, the big three being broken. I don't know. That's just my prediction. I think Kate's. Ooh. yeah i'm a little concerned all right georgia what are your what are your what are you rolling the dice on so i believe that now that the mother picked the optimal time to tell them that her health is declining at their birthday party um uh, that now that's going to cause some issues again between kevin and randall because that's what they had argued about last time was how do we handle mom's health so i think again they're going to disagree on her health and I think they may have another big blow up because we're expecting them to mend it. But I think they're going to get further apart before they come mm. back closer later in the season. And so um, so that's going to have um, 
Randall out there connecting more with his family. It's going to be another separation, I think. Um, and then, um, I, which, which hopefully brings in um, Deja's boyfriend's daddy, because I really like that character. Oh, I love Omar Epps. I don't know his character's yeah. name on the show, but Omar Epps, I want him to be best friends with Randall. Yeah. Me too. And yeah. I think that's because they have no friends, right? Like mm-hmm. no one on the show has friends. So I think that Randall's going to get to have a friend this season because he's going to be separated from his family. Um, and then I think that, um, I think that honestly, I don't think Miguel's going to die. I think Miguel may leave because mm. um do y'all remember when um Rebecca was having those issues and they were like what were you doing why didn't you call us like she's over here wondering like basically you need to step up and be a better husband because mama's going through and I think that he's just going to be like I've lived my whole life for the Pearsons everything's about the Pearsons I think he's going to voluntarily leave and that's going to be okay because they're going to be like you know you were never you know it's going to be a, a big thing so he's going to leave and then that's going to make Nikki step up because who's going to take care of the mom? So, because um, Nikki's still living there. So <laughs> That's true. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think they'll become best friends. And remember, Rebecca put pressure on Nikki. Let's just go to her house tomorrow. She lives near here. And, um, you know, you're going to, so I think she's going to become the third wheel of them. Mm. So it'll be a different situation. But I think she's going to say, no, I'm fine. Like the kids are going to say, mom, moving with us. She's going to say, no, me and Sally get along great, you know, blah, blah, blah. So it's going to be a new senior trio. Then I think that um, with Toby and um, and Kate, I think that Kate is going to see Madison's strength, how Madison's moving on. And she's going to be like, you know what? Toby is really not thinking about me. Like this job is his whole world. And who knows, maybe he may get into some more cheating because remember last time he got involved in CrossFit. So I think that he may just become married to his job, stop coming home on the weekends. And I think she's going to be like, oh, I see how Madison did it. And hopefully their friendship, because I feel like their friendship has been lost. Hopefully their friendship can grow again and they can come back together and that can give Kate the courage she needs to um, basically potentially have to leave her husband due to cheating. And then um, that's when her best friend will be there for her. Also, her boss will be there for her. And then that's when that love story will develop. I feel like I've taken my couple of minutes. Um, but yeah. <laughs> so I think that's what's going to happen. But as far as death, to, to end with who's going to die, I think that um, I don't want to say Kate's going to die. I think it may. I don't know who it could be. Um, I don't know who's going to die. I don't think anybody's going to die. Maybe not any death besides the obvious. Maybe Rebecca will, you know, close her eyes on the finale and everybody stays alive. Okay. No, I think those are really good predictions. I'm so excited that we're reviewing this last season together because as you guys can tell, we have a lot of thoughts. We have a lot that we're talking (laughs) about. Um, But yeah, we just want you guys to stay with us. Um, if you have any questions or feedback you want to give us, you can always email us at tvtoldme at gmail.com um, and we will respond. Um, just definitely in your subject line, put tvtoldme slash this is us so that we know that it's for um, this segment. And then um, if you want to leave a voicemail, there's a link for you to do that on Spotify. Um, we definitely will listen to your voicemails and put it up. Ideally, we're trying to put up shows on um, Wednesday nights or Thursdays. Um, but as you learn from the intro, uh, multiple kids are involved <laughs> and sometimes people want their snacks more than they want us to record this podcast, but we're going to try to be on time as much as possible. But from our, uh, 
three to the big three. We will see you guys next week. And like I said, if you have any questions, comments, or anything, feel free to reach out to us. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.